When building a great company, when building a big company, every single position matters, meaning the CEO matters, CFO matters, CEO matters, CMO matters. Every, every position matters. It's very critical. But there's a complete different responsibility when somebody is a founder. Let me explain to you what it is. A founder has no one to turn to. There is nobody to say, oh, it was my mistake. It was your mistake. You did. You don't. Everything is the founder's mistake. Everything. A CFO can turn to the CEO to need help if they made a mistake. A COO can lean on a CFO. President can lean on CEO. Founder can't turn to anybody. Nobody. Everything is the founder's fault. So today, in this episode, I'm going to cover with you 20 qualities of a great founder. And I want you to keep this in mind. Everything I cover with you doesn't mean there are not more qualities or there are some exceptions to the rule where somebody you met who didn't have six of the qualities. But you will generally see a trend and say, this makes a lot of sense because that person had this, this person had this, that person had this, or maybe you had it as well. And prior to me getting into it, any questions, any thoughts about what I covered today, comment below. And if you haven't subscribed to the number one channel on YouTube for entrepreneurs, click on the subscribe button. The moment we cross over a million subs, we're going to have our first live conference. I can't wait to meet you at our first Valuetainment conference. So many of you are excited about it. So let me get right into it. Point number one, great quality of a founder. Number one. They're very unreasonable. They are very demanding. Because they're so unreasonable and demanding, a couple things happens. One, at the beginning stages of them starting their business, they lose a few people. You know why? Because no one yet knows if they're right. So a person leaving them is like, listen, I don't think you're going to make it. Why? Dude, you're so unreasonable. You're so demanding. You haven't even done anything yet. Why are you expecting so much from me? What, what is wrong with you? The company is a small company. Why are you so demanding? That person doesn't realize that the prophet already sees what they're going, that the founder already sees where he's going. This person doesn't see it. But the great founders, they can't help themselves but being unreasonably demanding. Point number two, others can coexist with a great founder. Why coexist? Because a founder realizes, listen, I can either be the celebrity guy and I run a small little business of seven employees and I'm so powerful, or if I want to really build a big business and scale it, I have to have other people that are smarter than me coexist around me who are also going to give me directions and areas I know nothing about, nothing about which means great founders allow other people to coexist within them. Point number three, a level of determination higher than the rest. They're determined. They're going to get it done. It's kind of part of the unreasonably demanding. They are so determined to get this thing done that they end up getting it done. Point number four, nimble yet firm. What do I mean by nimble yet firm? Look, they're firm about their beliefs, but they're nimble about having somebody else giving them direction on how to do it better. Hey, what do you think about if we do this? What do you think about if we do that? What do you think about if we do this? Oh, no problem. Let me try this part. They're nimble yet firm. Point number five, they don't get swayed. Let me explain to you what I mean by they don't get swayed easily about their vision. They are positively stubborn. There's a lot of negative stubborn people in the world that they're stubborn because they just don't want to hear anything else. These guys are positively stubborn and optimistic about the fact that this thing's going to become a reality, which means you can't sway them. Matter of fact, some people get upset when they try to sway them. I remember when we first started a company, I got so many calls from relatives, friends, people that today say, Pat, I always supported you. But they did whatever they could to try to sway me. Pat, I don't know if it's a good idea, man. You already have a good position going on. You're making three, dollars $400,000 a year. Why would you change it? You know, you're going through, you shouldn't be doing. Everybody was trying to sway, but I kind of saw, I know where we're going. We're going to be pulling this thing off. Even though it sounded crazy to a lot of people, positively stubborn, 
it may sound like initially negatively stubborn, but they know they're being positively stubborn because they're bought into a vision that may not make sense to everybody else. That's why they're a founder. Point number six, willing to share equity and victories with others. Why is that important? The bigger the talent you want, the bigger the piece they're gonna want, and the bigger the victory they're gonna need to be a part of. So if you want me to let go of my great job that I have and the amount of salary I have and profit sharing in 401k, you want me to come and run with you, Mr. Founder? I want a bigger piece of the victory later on. No problem, I understand. Founders who say no to it are ones who don't have that big of a vision. But founders that say yes to it and they realize who this person that's coming up and the talent that they want, they realize my vision is so big that I'd much rather own 70% of a billion dollar company than 100% of a $100 million company. The math is completely different. I'd rather own 20% of a $10 billion company than own you know, 100% of a $5 million company. It's purely a mathematical uh, formula. Founders understand, I want a lot of strong talent for us to build it as big as we want. Point number seven, willing to start all over again from scratch. What do I mean by willing to start all over again? When they're not afraid of losing everything, people lead better. Founders are okay. Because founders realize, I have to figure out whether we can pull this off or not. I'm willing to start off, you know, start from scratch again. That, that level of, you know, determination of getting it and realizing I may have to start all over again, gets respect from competitors, gets respect from talent, gets respect from their employees, gets respect from their customers, gets respect from their vendors because they say, wow, this guy's really willing to push the envelope and he's pretty determined. He's certain what he's doing. Something's different about this guy. The only way a great founder is going to be able to build a big, big company is at some point they have to be willing to hit this breaking point where it's either sink or swim. They, they are not afraid of getting to this point. A lot of people are afraid. They play way too safe. These guys are not. I'm willing to get to it. It's okay. Worst case, you know, I'm going to die. I'm okay with that, but I'm going to fight like hell to make sure we make it, uh, make it out of this you know, issue that we're facing right now. Point number eight, comfortable having tough conversations with others. They're not uncomfortable sitting down with a team member or a vendor or a partner or a competitor or lawyer or anybody and saying, listen, here's what we're going through. This is the challenge we're facing. I don't think I like what's taking place right now. Tell me about what's going on with your department. Why is it that we had this over here? They don't have a problem having a tough conversations because they're believers of what's taking place with the company. They're gonna have those conversations with others. Point number nine, constantly selling. You can't help these guys but hear them sell 24 seven. They don't, if you told them stop selling, they don't even know what that means because they're going to be selling 24 seven what they think their company is gonna be doing or their vision is gonna be doing. Point number 10. Integrity. Integrity is very critical. Now, I know a lot of times people say, well, that person's a little bit, you know, uh, 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 it's interesting how he is. I don't know. He kind of will go to the gray area or he'll go to this area. He'll go to that area. Fine. Other people want to say that. No problem. People who stay with a founder for long enough of a time, they know that person may be crazy, but there's certain things they're not going to cross. If you cross the line there, how would you keep the best talent? How would you keep the best smart people around you? You're just not gonna do it. If you struggle with integrity, you're gonna lose a lot of people. That is a quality so necessary. I think Warren Buffett said there's three things he likes, right? Energy, integrity, and competency. I think those were the three things he says. Without integrity, forget the other two, right? I wanna say those are the three things that he had. The point is, to build a big business, you need people around you to trust you just as much as you trust them. That requires integrity. Great founders have that. Number 11, good sounding board around them to show them their flaws and faults. What do I mean by that? Good founders have people that tell them, you're doing this wrong. You may want to reconsider this. 
and they're willing to listen to it. Doesn't mean they take all the feedback all the time, but they're willing to listen to it and say, that makes sense. By the way, let me explain to you what I mean by this. See, in the mind of a founder, somebody sits there and says, this makes sense. Logically, let's do it. This makes sense. This makes sense. No problem. It's not even I'm taking anything personal. The founder is going to take anything personal because the whole thing is, if what you're suggesting in my brain clicks and it's going to help us get there faster, I don't care who gets the credit for it. Let's do it. They're willing to do it because it logically makes sense for them to apply what the feedback that's being given to them by their advisory board around them. Number 12, restless, out of control energy. It's almost as if they never go to sleep. People are always wondering, how is this person at 15 different places at the same time? I don't get it. You were just here. How are you here this afternoon? They're restless. They're going nonstop. And that part about being a restless founder, a lot of people look at it and say, wait a minute, I, I can't go at that pace. Or, oh my gosh, he's always out there trying to grow what he's doing here. I am so glad he's on my side because if I'm going against that guy, i got to put that kind of energy to go up against that guy. I don't know about that. I'm okay doing what I'm doing to be on his team. We're together going against the marketplace versus me facing a guy like that. Point number 13, great recruiters. They're constantly recruiting. They're recruiting everybody. And the reason why they're constantly recruiting everybody is because they can't help themselves but sell their vision all the time. Everywhere, dinner, movies, texts, email, videos, articles, blogs, it doesn't matter. They are constantly selling where they're going. So they're constantly recruiting great talent because they keep telling the story over and over and over and over again, which leads me to point number 14, and that is they're the Pied Piper. Let me explain to you what I mean by this. They're always converting people. It's almost like they're in the baptism game. Let me baptize this guy from a non-believer to a believer. This guy doesn't believe in what we're doing right now. Let me make him a believer. This audience I'm speaking to watching, none of them believe in what we're doing right now. I'm going to make every single one of them a believer. They're going around evangelizing their message to the world because they want to convert everybody. They want to convert everybody into believing that what they're talking about is the truth and it's going to become a reality. This sounds strange to you, but go find a founder and spend a day with them and look what will happen. They do this 24-7. They're in the converting business and they're constantly baptizing people into their vision and what they're going next. Next point, they learn how to stretch the dollar. A great founder learns how to stretch the dollar because at the beginning, you don't have a lot of money. So you've got to figure out a way to make this $50,000 and make it seem like it's a quarter million dollars. You've got to take this $100,000 and turn it into a million dollars. You've got to take this $1,000 and make it $15,000. That's what they do. They're very good at stretching the dollar and have it last longer. Next, gut feeling, intuition. This is not something you can teach. This is not something I can read in a book and say, I've got a great gut feeling. No, no, it's a gut feeling. I don't think this is a good idea. I don't feel this person good hire. I don't feel good about this person we're working. I don't feel good about this person we want to do business with. I don't know what it is. I just don't feel good about it. I have a certain intuition about this person. I don't think this is a good idea. You know how mothers have certain intuition about certain friends? I have a bad feeling about this. I don't sense anything. That's how a founder has an intuition about somebody to go into business with or not to go into business with. Next point. Point number 17. They're great at painting a picture. They're constantly painting a picture of what's possible if everybody comes together and builds the business. Point number 18, they're very moody, very moody, but they have perspective. Let me explain to you what I mean by they're very moody, but they have perspective. They could go from happy to pissed off in a second, and they'll still won't fire you. You could be sitting in a meeting, and you may be thinking, it's over. It's done today. 30 minutes later, they come talk to you as if nothing happened. You're like, wait a minute, you're, you were just screaming? What, what just, like, like, are you off? You were upset. Why are we laughing, telling a joke right now in the kitchen? What just happened there, bro? You are very, they're saying that to themselves. 
Founders have great perspective. You know why? Because they realize they need people. What do you think founders are insane? They're crazy thinking they don't need the help of people? Of course they know they need the help of people. But they can't help themselves. They can't help themselves of not being moody at times because they are so urgent about this thing becoming a reality that they want it to become a reality today. And to them, it's going to become a reality today. And so because of that, everybody else is always trying to catch up to their speed. That's where the moodiness comes from. Okay? Because when they don't get their ways, they sometimes they get moody, but they have perspective. So they may lose it, but they're going to go back and be fine five minutes later, sometimes even less than that. You'd be amazed how crazy it is when it happens. Next, they have imagination. They're all, always in the what-if world. They're always in the, I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine if this takes place? What if we can pull this off? So people, people gravitate towards somebody that's always living in what if this thing could take place. So, so because, this is going to sound crazy, because they're always in the imagination phase, of the future, what is possible, they're also the, typically the people that have the most anxiety and most panic because they're always living in the future. This doesn't make a lot of sense, but they're always thinking about 10 years from now, we're gonna be here, five years from now, we're gonna be here. Oh my gosh, that gives me so much anxiety, and then boom, that turns into urgency, determination to wanna to get it done, and all the other points come to you. And last but not least, they have interesting conversations with themselves. This is not self-talk. I'm not talking about, you're amazing, you're awesome, this is so great, no, no. They're always talking to themselves. You know why they're always talking to themselves? Because at the beginning, there isn't anybody else. They only talk to themselves. They have to talk to themselves. So the conversation they're having with themselves, themselves becomes a board here. What do you think about this? Do you think we should do this? Do you think we shouldn't do this? What about if this happens? What if that happens? So it's always, you don't see this moving, but this is moving all the time. It's always conversation, 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 conversation. Sounds crazy, sounds insane. But founders are always talking to themselves. What if we go this or what if we go that? Kind of like this guy. What do you think about that guy? What if I'm... So it's always talking. So you look at somebody, you look at a founder and their eyes is going ding, 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 ding. They're talking to themselves. They're thinking. They're calculating. Everything is going here. Everything is going here. So founders, at this point, if you're listening to this, you're probably telling yourself, this sounds more like a crazy guy than it sounds like a founder. Yes, most founders are pretty crazy. Most founders are pretty strange because for somebody who's willing to put that kind of pressure and insanity into their lives, you have to be a little bit off. You have to be. And by the way, please understand this. A founder isn't necessarily the best, most important position in a company. A founder is simply the person that gives the company an opportunity to survive. A person could come in that's a great CEO that could take the company to a whole different level that that founder by himself or herself could have never done it. Could have never done it. He needed that CEO. She needed that CFO. She needed that operations guy. She needed that CMO. Without that person, kiss it goodbye. But a founder makes the company, the organization, the society, the city, the community, the country, make it through the difficult phases. And for that, we give the founder the credit of being a founder. So those are the 20 qualities of great founders. And by the way, I want to hear from you. If you ever work with a great founder, you, if you ever work with a great founder, that left a great impression of you, or maybe even something that you learned that says this was a little bit odd, but he was such a great founder. I want to hear about that. Send me a tweet, at Patrick Bed David, and tell me what was so special about the founder that you work with. And by the way, if you want a PDF for all of this, Mario always prepares a PDF down below. Click on the link below and go download the PDF for you to look at it on one sheet of paper and say, these are the seven qualities I'm good at. These are the 13 qualities I'm good at. And sometimes you may be running a business yourself and within a business, 
you may be expanding into a whole new market that the company is going into, you become the founder of that new market that you're building and exploring into. You are a founder of that new community because no one knows that business yet. It's like taking Coca-Cola to Brazil before anybody knew Brazil. It's like taking a brand to a country before anybody knew in that country what that brand was. You become a founder of that country as well. So write down some of the qualities that you're good at and circle them. And last but not least, again, if you haven't subscribed to this channel yet, click on this button here and join the notification squad for being one of the first that gets the videos when it comes down. Take care, everybody. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.